Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. Great service department and sales staff. You know it. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Or check them out at sunburymotors.com. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, we're having a fun show today. Looking forward oh, to Oh, yeah, we do. Very, very much. Um, Carson Wentz is a cult. Uh, and Big Ben's back. Steeler fans can relax. Well, okay, let's start with that. I know we're going to have Fran Frischilla on the show today, which I'm really looking forward to talking with Fran. Nate Davis is on the show today. I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Uh, so we have a lot going on today uh, with that. And, uh, and then we'll get to Ben Roethlisberger here in a second. Phil Bork tomorrow. We're going to have Brian Tripp on the show, too. Jeff Byers, by the way, tomorrow in wrestling. How about that? So, Jeff, what? Jeff Byers tomorrow, Phil Bork tomorrow, King tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that, I mean that's quite a lineup. So, the Roethlisberger deal, the cap hit was going to be 41 point. Two million. Now that doesn't mean he's making forty-one point two million. It's just the cap hit the way it's structured. So what they've done is that Ben Roethlisberger was actually, in terms of what he was supposed to receive this season, what he was supposed to receive this season was nineteen million dollars. Now you've heard this cap hit number forty-one. That made everybody think that Ben was making forty-one million dollars. Uh, oh, contraire, mon frere. No, he was not making forty-one million. He was scheduled to make nineteen for the upcoming season. By rolling it back to 14, and this is where in the NFL you have to you have to fudge the numbers. By rolling it back from 19 to 14, and giving him a bonus of 13, slightly more than 13 million, and paying him the league minimum of 1.075 as a salary. They save $15 million in cap space. <laughs> now you're sitting back saying, okay, what? Give me that real knife again. So they had a, so Roethlisberger's a cap hit of, of $41 million, but he's actually only going to make 19 But by signing him at 14 in which they give him 13 slightly more than 13 
as a bonus, and he gets the league minimum at one point oh seven five. They save fifteen. Yes, they save fifteen million in cap space to do that. Got all that? <laughs> but that's how, that's what they did. Now, what is interesting about this is short term, he gives them the best chance to win. But long term, do you continue um, do you continue to be in the spot where you're good enough to make it but not good enough to win it? The Steelers have won three playoff games in the last ten years. And what this does is that the Steelers end up usually drafting in the neighborhood of, let's just say, 24. Well, 24, unless you get totally lucky like Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers, there's not a quarterback that's falling to you at 24. So, while you are getting your best chance to win this particular season, you are still, unless you think Dwayne Haskins is the real deal, and maybe he is. He was the 15th overall pick. And maybe sitting behind a Ben Roethlisberger benefits him. I don't know. None of us will know until we actually get to that point and he and he has an opportunity to play. So I that I don't know. But the the Steelers might be good. Their defense is obviously very good. Hayward restructured his deal. Fitzpatrick's good. They're going to get pushed back. Dupree will not be a part of the deal. Watt, you're going to have to pay him next. But the um, he buys you a little more time, but what do you do at the time? And again, the problem is, one of the problems in the NFL, sometimes you have to bottom out to then get what you need. And the um, and they haven't been able to do that. Now they when they finally moved up to ten, you know, there's a reason why you do things. I mean, look, certain circumstances happen that set you back. And of course, you know, I'm talking organizationally because obviously, when Ryan Shazier had a life-altering injury, when he had a life-altering injury. It also was a football-altering injury for the Steelers organization. So they moved up to 10. They drafted Devin Bush because they could not adequately replace a quality guy like Ryan Shazier. So they moved up to 10 and didn't draft a quarterback. They drafted a linebacker because that was the current need because they were secure quarterback. So this is all part of the domino that you're playing with. But you risk with a... Uh, Roethlisberger just turned 39. 
And I just wanted to tell you, I remember 39. All right. But Roethlisberger just turned 39. I want to say it was last week, I think he did. Do you risk putting yourself in the position of what I refer to as the Atlanta Hawks syndrome? Where the Atlanta Hawks, for years and years and years, were always good enough to make the playoffs. A lot of times they could take that opening playoff series as a 7 or 8 seed and get to the 7th game and then not win. But also, guess what the domino of that was? You weren't in the lottery. You were always picking just outside. So the Hawks were always picking right around 16. Great. 16, 17, 18. Always. Never could get a top pick. And kept going through the cycle of being just good enough, just good enough, just good enough to make the playoffs, not good enough to advance, and not good enough to get a prime. And then, obviously, being good enough to not get a prime pick. Well, are the Steelers in that boat? Are the Steelers in that boat? Interesting question. Now, the Eagles have solved all that. They, they dumped their quarterback. Right. So I'm glad you agreed. <laughs> Eagles, my man, have a long way to go. Yeah. They have, they have a long way to go. Uh, and... Now, do you have Amazon Prime? I don't mean to pry here. Um, not my own, but I kind of have like a family account with my parents and my sister. Okay, so you steal cable. Okay, I got it. <laughs> um, it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, don't you know that what you're doing is really illegal? <laughs> not true. Uh, but we're going to tell you. Thursday night football, and really, you know what? Thursday night football is a nice diversion, but I don't. I always like, you know, it's interesting. James Franklin and I had a great talk about this. We were both talking about how much we missed the Thursday night college game. And the Thursday night college game, what was great about that is they always gave you, you know, they always set up the Thursday night game where the two teams playing had the bye week before because you have more schedule flexibility in college. So they give you off the week before, so this team, these teams hadn't played in 12 days. Oh, and by the way, they'd get the weekend off and would play again in nine days. Okay. Yeah, that worked out great. And we really liked that. I always liked the Thursday game. I, boy, it was always, every time I did the talk show with Joe, he'd always say to me, hey, Steve, what's the what's tonight's game? It was always one of the first questions that what's tonight's game? Uh, Joe, since he stayed uh, in uh, Virginia. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll watch that game. Then he'd tell me who he th- He got it right every time as to what he thought who'd win the game and why. Now, obviously, it's a, you know, it's a privilege to sit in that seat and have that kind of conversation with him. But it was always one of the cool things. He'd come in, he'd go, ah, he'd sit down after practice, he'd go, We'd be in a commercial break. Say, hey, Steve, by the way, what's the game tonight? 
Well, of course, that Thursday night game on college football slid by the wayside because the NFL has taken over. Yeah, there's some Thursday night games, but they're really nothing to get excited about in college football because the NFL's taken this spot. But Amazon Prime, wait till we tell you what Andrew Marshawn reported about their deal in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, so, okay, now, do you have Amazon Prime? I I think I asked you that earlier. Yes, I have the family account. All right, so you have the family account, so. Remember I talked about how Amazon last week, it would be simulcast on NFL Network? Correct. I do Uh, have NFL Network. Some games will be. Ew. Okay. There are going to be 16 or possibly 17 Thursday night games. Fox had exclusivity to 11 of them. Amazon may take the national exclusivity for those 11. Ooh. <laughs> right now, Fox is paying $650 million per year for Thursday night. Obviously, if NFL Network still simulcasts the games, then the value for Amazon goes down, right? But if they get exclusivity like they did with the 49ers-Cardinals game the day after Christmas, which nobody saw, I didn't see it, did you? Nope. (laughs) I I think the only reason the suit saw is because the suit light... Steel's cable. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, you know, but that's that's a different topic, different day. And I know it's illegal, but you know, I mean, for years, you know, how do you get the big house in the hill? All right, <laughs> All right let's face it. Uh, the NFL may get one billion plus from Amazon for Thursday Night Football, and it may be. The vast majority of the time on Amazon Prime. Isn't that interesting? That's atrocious. I mean, I get it from a money standpoint. I know, I know, but this does not help your consumer at all. No, and you know what's interesting about uh, streaming? Or to directly quote 
the person who lives in the house on the hill <laughs> whose kid steals cable uh, streaming <laughs> streaming numbers he's always telling you and me about our streaming numbers yes okay. great what happens is you get, let's take Netflix. You'll get a great series. I don't know. Tell me, what was a great series on Netflix? They they did have a few during the pandemic. I mean, but what ha- this, I'm in the minority here, but I was hooked on Fuller House because I'm a big Full okay. House fan. Fuller House, okay. <laughs> All right. Or, for example, even on cable, even on cable with HBO with Game of Thrones. There are people that would have HBO, 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 Game of Thrones would end, boom, they drop it. Right. Same thing with streaming. They watch the series, watch the series, boom, drop it. I mean, streaming is not going as well as people think it is because you're not locked into a you're not locked into a deal with it. As soon as you want to drop it, you can drop it. Uh, I mean, Paramount Plus is starting today. I have no idea what's on that. There's ESPN Plus, never watched a single thing on that. There's Disney Plus, never watched a thing on that. Um, Now, my kids, okay, my children will show up here, and guess what? They'll tell me, hey, Dad, you know you have Amazon Prime. I'm like, oh, I do? Yeah, great. You have Apple TV, too? I go, I do, really? (laughs) So so it's it's programmed in there because... uh, there is one show they told me I, that they think will really interest me, and they're and I agree with them. That's probably true. Is Jack Ryan, which I believe is on Amazon Prime, but that is, I mean, how many how many of you are going to get this? Hey, I got to get Amazon Prime. I got to watch the Jaguars play the Titans. Uh, really. See, that was the other hey. thing, too, with the 49ers and Cardinals. That was kind of a so-so game for me to make an effort to get online to I watch. Had no, I had no desire to watch it. And, look, Thursday Night Football doesn't usually have a lot of great matchups. I mean, do you think that they're going to put the Ravens and Steelers on Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime? No, they'll make that make sure that's an NFL Network game, of course. Hey. They'll make sure it's something. I mean, the Steeler game on Thursday night is going to be the Bengals. Most likely. Yeah. Where it's the exclusive to Amazon Prime. Like, oh, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I mean, this is going to do wonders for Bill Hillgrove. That's true. And Merrill great and job. everybody else. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Great to have you with us today on the show. Nathan Davis next. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to uh, bring in 
Nathan Davis, head basketball coach at Bucknell. Coach, always a pleasure to have you on. It's great that you're actually playing again. Steve, thanks for having me on. It's always nice to be with you, and it is certainly better than sitting around watching everybody else play. Yeah, you got that right. Exactly. All right, so when, when, when the door opened to get back, what did you see from your team? How did you have to handle the return as a coach, especially in a back-to-back situation game-wise? You know, I think everyone's is different based on the rules they have for coming out of quarantine and things like that. For us, the biggest challenge was that not only were they down for they really not able to do a whole lot for two weeks other than some workouts in their rooms and things like that. Um, we only had two days of practice where we did any five-on-five, and we limited that to kind of 30 minutes a day so that we wouldn't get anyone caught. If something did happen, we'd have to shut down again. Um, so that was the, big, the biggest challenge was just getting kind of your, your back on your feet and getting gameplay. You can't you – can't, it's hard enough to uh, replicate that as it is. Um, but to, to really kind of be limited and limited in numbers was the big challenge. And so we also were trying to win the games, but we also wanted to make sure that we, we, uh, we, just, we just kind of got back in a flow. I know in announcing it, when I've had to announce either Penn State returning or somebody else returning, it, we kind of looked at it as a player. You know, you and I have said the player has an injury, he's out. That first game back, they've got adrenaline. Then the second game, because they haven't really, you know, because game shape is different than even practice shape, that the second game it's just not quite there. Did you see that from your team where there was some adrenaline in the first game and then the second game it's like, uh-oh, feel like quicksand? I think a little bit. I think that obviously playing at home at first helped um, and that you got a comfort, more comfortable feeling. You're not getting on a bus and going down, but then getting on the bus and actually going down, having, like you said, again, playing back-to-back uh, is hard as it is. It's harder when you haven't done a whole lot in a while. And so um, I thought our guys did a good job of trying to fight through it, and they played as hard as they could, and we just couldn't quite get it done. Which then brings me to the next part. Usually when that happens, usually the third game, they've got everything back in gear. Have you seen a difference practice-wise this week, Nathan, because they had those two games and they're more back into a, quote, some sort of groove? I think so. I think that it's, we've certainly been better this week than we were last week. It also helps that the four guys we missed have been back full go. Um, I mean, knock on wood, that hopefully nothing will happen between now and Saturday to change yeah, that. Yeah. Um, right. But but they have been, and so I think our depth and um, the way we're able to practice has been has been better. There's no doubt about it. So hopefully it'll carry over to Saturday. You know, you mentioned all the back to backs that you've had to play, uh, Nathan, along the way. Uh, that's also limited the schedule because they've tried to limit the travel. So what's that like having to do that every weekend where it's a back-to-back? You know, it's it's been it's certainly been different. I feel like uh, early on going into the season, I actually talked to a bunch of football coaches about how they approach the full week because that's just not something you do in basketball very often. Um, right. And it's certainly been different playing back-to-back. You typically don't see that until a tournament or until tournament times in most senses. But you ask our guys, they'd much rather play Saturday and Sunday than practice one of those days. So um, there's good and bad with it all. Uh, for you, leadership is always going to be important to get anybody through any of this. Who have been a couple of guys that have really been leaders that you've looked at and try to help negotiate a team through something like this? You know, I think one of the great things about being here is we've got a lot of guys like that. I think our, our three seniors have been good. I think that our, our juniors have been around with Andrew Funk and Walter Ellis have been good. But I think really a, a guy that's stepped up uh, big time has been Alexander Rice um, in the last few few weeks as far as being vocal, being uh, positive, talking to guys. I think they've done a great job of trying to keep everyone engaged. And, 
and it's it's just hard. Like I think it's hard for anyone to understand. And, and like obviously everyone's got issues right now. It's not. Um, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. There's certainly struggles with COVID and things going on. But when you've got 18 or 22 year old guys sitting in a hotel room for for two weeks, not able to do anything or see anyone, that can be a very mentally challenging for them. And I think those guys have done a good job of trying to keep everybody together. How isolated have even when you've been playing? How isolated are you from the rest of the campus? I mean, is this something where you go on the road? It's a box, you know. Hey, look, it's grab and go box breakfast. It's grab and go box lunch. Is that is that the way it's been for you? Yeah, I mean, our, our guys are intermingled with the with the rest of the, the student body. Um, they're not separated at all. Um, okay. But within that, there is separation going on. The schools doing a. Uh, really trying hard to limit contact with people. Some classes are in person, some are not. It's up to professors. Um, the first semester of the dining hall wasn't open for anything but grab and go. Now you can go in smaller groups and eat. Um, so it's, it's changed a little bit, but they're really trying to isolate. And our guys have been really good about it too. Like understanding they got a they got a distance, number of people in the locker room, things like that at the same time. So it's certainly been a different experience for everyone, especially for a freshman that never been to college before. It's really hard um, for them. <laughs> Here's the other part that's been uh, tough. You actually had start. You crafted a four-game winning streak. What what did things had started to feel like they were falling into place a little bit? That suddenly the pause made you concerned it would take it away. Well, you know, I, I don't think it's it's overly complicated. I thought early in the year. So our first four games we lost. We're playing without our best player, John Meeks. Um, right. Play the first two games about one of our best wings, uh, Miles Latimer, who transferred in. So we have a really young team. Um, when we go on the road and play Navy, and then come home and play Navy, and then we play Lafayette on the home and road, and both those teams, Navy had already played, I think, 10 games by that point. Um, they were allowed to play non-conference. But the thing, big thing was I thought both of those teams had a majority or really all of their guys back kind of in the same role. And we got we got a whole bunch of guys playing new roles. And then, again, you're playing without John Meeks. That didn't help. I thought his return um, gave us a ton of confidence. Um our role started to become better defined, um, and we were playing really well. I thought we were playing as well as anyone in the league. I mean, we'd only beaten Lehigh, but we beat them four times handily. I thought we were playing as, as well as anyone in the league when we went into the shutdown. And then coming out again, it's the same thing. You're looking at you're going to be down for 14 days. How long is it going to take you to get back? Um, our return to play rules here are different than some other places. So we had some other guys, the four guys that actually we ended up having testing positive were out for even longer. Um, we're going to come back. And so you're just trying to manage it to get to the point where you can compete to win. And I think that, that we have the ability to win the tournament, but we're going to have to play well. And Meeks, by the way, in, in three of those games, three straight, had 86 points. Uh, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, it doesn't. In the least. 86 points in three games. All right, I'm no expert. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. He's a he's a dynamic offensive player. Um, he can score inside, outside. He can create for others. And, and I think one of the things that, that – had been lost is, is he's a very good defensive player. He came back in great shape. He can guard the yeah. ball, move his feet, guard multiple positions. So it gives us even more versatility defensively with what we're doing. And like I said, he's kind of the alpha dog. Our guys feed off him. He gives them his presence, just gives them an aura, an aura of confidence um, that's that you can just see. And so having him back is is a big help. John, really, those scores within the framework of the offense. How much does it help that he's the kind of guy that, hey, if you need me to do this on a given night, I'll do it. If you need me to score on a given night, I'll do it. What does that mean to a coach that you have somebody with that kind of attitude? Well, I think it sets a tone for your entire team. Um, everyone's going to need at some point to step up and help you in different ways. And some days it might be scoring, some days it might be defensively, some days you know it might be assists, rebounding, what have you. 
And when your when your really best player is is doing that, it's hard for other guys not to follow along. All right, how have you felt about your point guard play to this play, running this offense, getting it to be played the way you want it to be played? I think Xander has been outstanding. Um, he's been playing the majority there. He started all 10 games. I mean, obviously, as a freshman, he didn't play a ton. Um, but this year, like, he's shooting 51% from the floor, 43 from three, 78 from the free throw line, and has 24 more assists and turnovers. So, so yeah. he's been doing a pretty right. good job for us. So I've been really pleased with where he is. He's come along nicely, and I think the best for him is yet to come. Uh, this is a big-picture question for a moment. Will Brown, for example, at Albany, who had gone to the NCAA tournament five times, turned out that you know Albany decided not to renew him. Now, he had the Cremo kid who transferred to Villanova. He had the Nichols kid who transferred to Florida State. How tough is it on your level that when you do get a couple of guys that really can play, and I know you help them out. It's not like you didn't help Nate Sustini, you didn't help Jimmy Sotos, you did. But how tough is it on this level when somebody does have that ability to go and they do go and you've got to replenish that? Well, I think it's certainly a different challenge in that um, you know and just with the way it's just the way the, the, the game is now and the way college basketball is now and I think it's pretty obvious that at some point this year the rule is going to officially change so that you don't have to sit out when you transfer um, which can open up even more um, but it's just a new reality you got to deal with and so you've always got to be thinking ahead um, planning ahead trying to make sure you've got a lot of depth um, that you keep appraised and, uh, and and up to date on who's going to be available, who's still available in high school, late dates to, to try to uh, replenish your roster. But I think the one thing we have here is, like I said, we've got a great educational institution. We've got a, a group that a place where you can you can compete to win every year. So um, it's going to take a pretty special player for somebody to want to leave here. Right. No, I understand. I understand that along the way. It, is there any part of you that feels like you have to re-recruit a team, or is that just standard operation for you? You know, it's interesting. We've been talking about that a little bit, and I, I do think to an extent you're going to have to spend more time kind of doing that and laying out the vision of what's going to happen next year and moving forward and how we're going to get you to be as good as you can be where we see the team going. I think you're going to have to be doing uh, more of that. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Andrew Funk, by the way, who's your second leading scorer, uh, was named to the Academic All-Patriot League team for the second straight year. What does that tell everyone about him – and also how both components are so important at a program like Bucknell. Well, I think it obviously says a lot about him and his priorities and that he knows that basketball and, and the education are, are what he's here for. So it's very important. He emphasizes those. Certainly he enjoys himself socially, but but he understands what he came here for and what he needs to do to, to be successful down the road. And I think the biggest thing it does as a program is, is especially when we get out recruiting, we say, look, you want to play at the highest level, you want to get your education, this is the place you can do it. And we're not just talking about it. We've got examples. And, and he's the most recent one of those. All right, it's one and done time. It's playoff time. You've got Lafayette. It's been a while since you played Lafayette. What do you like about the matchup in this? Well, I think one thing we have, um, especially if we're fully healthy, is we've got guys on the floor that can score um, and defend. We've got personal guys defensively. And so so we present problems for people. We got multiple guys that can score inside and out. Um, we got multiple guys that can create shots. We have multiple guys we can throw in the post. And so, I think it gives us an advantage in a lot of instances, and that we can we can try to take advantage of matchups. And like I said, with Meeks and some of our other guys with their size and athleticism, we can uh, we can change up defensive things a lot and, and really try to help each other out to make it tough on other teams to score. 
All right, you probably don't notice the crowd anyway when you're coaching and there's a full house and they're going crazy because you're locked in. But have any of the players talked to you about the fact that it's been empty gyms when they've played and whether it's had any effect on them? You know, I don't. They haven't really said anything about having an effect, but there's no doubt it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it it's, is it's weird. weird when you go in. There's no one cheering, and the only crowd noise you get is kind of the fake noise. It's a lot like every game. In a lot of ways, it's like a, like the the preseason scrimmages we have that you're not supposed to publicize. So it's kind of that atmosphere, <laughs> yeah, and you got to right. bring your own energy and those type of yeah. things. But at the end of the day, you're still trying to win championships, hang banners, and so uh, I haven't noticed any difference in the intensity or anything like that. But it certainly is kind of a different feeling. Yeah, I took a picture that I think that says it all. I was, Thanksgiving weekend, I did a football game at Michigan, and I took the picture from the broadcast location of 111,000 empty seats. Uh, it was very different. Very it's very different. surreal. It's certainly weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also great to have you back on the show, Nathan. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck against well, Lafayette in the quarterfinals. All right. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Nathan Davis. Frank Fischel in the next half hour. Looking forward to that. Brian Tripp a little bit later in the show. Coming up tomorrow on the show, uh, Phil Bork and Jeff Byers will be on the show on the Big Ten Wrestling Championships this weekend. So we'll have Jeff at 335, the old 2-9er at 406, and then the King at 435. All right. Okay. That is a lineup that makes Aaron Boone envious. Exactly. Oh, that's right. They haven't won a World Series in 20 years. All right. Uh, no, I, I guess 2009 they won, right? Oh, so, nine. So it's been yeah. 12 years. It's been 12 years. Yeah, that's that's their one this century. Back with more in a moment. Oh, little Spoken lean. like a typical Red Sox fan. All I know, I, I all I did was did I did I lie? <laughs> you did not lie. No. Okay. Did I state a fact? Unfortunately, you did. Then it's not a Red Sox fan speaking. It's just speaking <laughs> the truth. We are now deep into the 21st century. Okay. Your group, not getting it done. Back with more in a while. <laughs> they may get it done this year, though. They're pretty good. Tyon, I guess, looked good yesterday. Got off to a good start, which is yeah. important because, I mean, he's trying to get himself back in gear. You know, he missed all last year. So that's, you know, getting him in gear would be big. Because, look, he'll be, if he's right, he'll be better than Paxson was by a wide margin. I think that's really not saying much, to be honest with you. Paxton was. But, but again, when Paxton got there, there was high hopes. Now, don't, don't downplay that part. There was high hopes that he was going to be really good. Yes. Well, now, now those high hopes may be matched by performance. We'll come back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Memories. Uh, the last holiday party we had, and guess who jumps up on the table just <laughs> throwing his left arm in the air and his <laughs> index finger? Cleared the room in seven minutes. I mean, if they wanted to save on on the bar tab and the food, I guess that was the way to do it. But my goodness, it's just you know. And then I guess it, what he did was with the excess food after we all left. I guess they like doggy bagged it for him and suit laid ate for a month. All right, so it's just it's just so sad. Yeah. That was good food too at the last holiday party. 
I was great food the last holiday party. Then he started doing that, and the food couldn't overcome the, the visuals. So Ben Roethlisberger is going to stay with the Steelers. Uh, the $41 million cap hit is going to be reduced big. His actual salary is going to be $19 million for the upcoming year, so this is how they've jerry-rigged and played games with it. He's going to make a base salary of $1.075 million. He is going to get a bonus, a signing bonus, thus front-loaded, of a little bit better than $13 million. That will allow the Steelers to then get additional cap space worth $15 million. Now, I want to point out that after Fran Fraschill is on at 420, we are going to have a quiz, and I expect you to have the right answers. Does this include me? Uh, no, it does not include you, because <laughs> uh, to, to be honest with you, uh, I don't think you pay attention to anything I say. You can admit it. Depends on the day. Depends on the day, huh? Oh, boy. Well. When you wear multiple hats, sometimes the other hat take, likes to take over the other. When I wear multiple hats. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, By the way, one of those hats, of course, was last night. Penn State played terrific last night. Um, hit their last nine shots to end the first half. Steal and a three by Miles Dread to end the half, up 18 at the half. Cut the lead to 24 in the second half. At one point, Minnesota cut the lead to 11. But here's the problem when you're trying to climb the mountain. Penn State went out, scored, then hit a three, and suddenly 11 became 16. And then, In other words, all that real estate you've been able to gain back boom you're you they push you back down the mountain and that is that is what two out of the last three they've won and it's interesting in those two they've cracked 80 points each time and believe me here's the other part Penn State played 14 games in 40 days 14 games in 40 days and that's a game not even quite every three days well guess what last night they hadn't played a game in five days. And even when the game was 21-20 last night, Dick and I looked at each other and said, they've got jump. In other words, they had their legs last night. That's what the break meant. 